السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا عقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page and inshallah ta'ala today we are on page number 53 from Surah Ali Imran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the previous uh, couple of episodes that we did in this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to us a number of important principles, a number of important lessons. And from amongst those lessons is the importance of submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to understanding of understanding the importance of the statement of Tawheed, La ilaha illallah. And Allah Azza wa stressed and emphasized the importance of that statement by making himself a witness to the statement of La ilaha illallah, as well as making a witness to that statement, the angels and the people of knowledge. And that is because the whole purpose of our creation, the reason for our existence, is to submit ourselves before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to worship Allah azza wa jal, to show a life of devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by sticking to what Allah azza wa jal has told us to do by doing the halal and staying away from the haram. And Allah Azza wa also in those previous episodes that we mentioned of Surah Al-Imran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also speaks about those people who turn away, who don't follow that path of submission and devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who aren't ready to submit to Allah Azza wa for one reason or another. And they turn away and they reject the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the verses of Allah Azza wa and the message that came from Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as a result, Allah Azza wa tells those people that they will have an eternity of punishment in the next life, that Allah Azza wa will render all of their actions none and void, and that they will be people who will therefore enter into the fire. In the verse that we begin with today, which is verse number 23 from Surah Ali Imran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا نَصِيبًا مِنَ الْكِتَابِ يُدَعَوْنَ إِلَى كِتَابِ اللَّهِ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمْ have you considered those who are given a share of the scripture? When they are asked to accept the judgment from Allah's scriptures, some of them turn their backs and walk away, and all because they declare. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this uh, verse is continuation of the previous verses that we ended our last episode with. And that is that Allah Azza wa is speaking about those people who turn away, who reject the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who refuse to submit themselves to Allah Azza wa and live their life of devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to them the book, gave to them scriptures, gave to them revelation. So it's not the case that these people are rejecting or turning away because they didn't know anything else that the message didn't come to them, that no one conveyed the risala, the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to them. It's not out of ignorance that they're rejecting. It's not out of not being warned or not being aware of what the consequences are of their decisions. It is because they have chosen a path of denial. They have chosen after receiving revelation, knowing what Allah azza wa has commanded, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from them, they chose the path of shaitan. They chose the path of rejection. And that is why Allah Azza wa says here, أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا نَصِيبًا مِنَ الْكِتَابِ 
Do you not consider those people who were given their share of the scripture, meaning that they had their revelation, just as the Muslims have the Quran and other nations had their, had also their revelations that came to them. These people also had a share of the scripture. They had revelation that came to them. يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَىٰ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمْ And that scripture and those people who are calling them to those scriptures are telling them, the scripture tells you what is the command of Allah, tells you what Allah Azza wa wants, tells you what you must do in order to live a life of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So follow what you find within those scriptures. Those people Allah Azza wa says, ثُمَّ يَتَوَلَّى فَرِيقٌ مِّنْهُمْ Amongst them were those who turned away. Because in every nation, as we know, more or less every single nation, there were believers and disbelievers. In the time of Ibrahim, in the time of Nuh, in the time of Hud and Salih and Shu'ib and Lut, all of those messengers of Allah, they were people who believed and they were people who turned away. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't say all of them turned away, but many of them did. A group from amongst them turned away. They turned away whilst they were claiming. Now in the next verse, Allah Azza wa will mention the two primary reasons as to why they turned away. What were their justifications? If Allah Azza wa says to you, do something and you choose not to, you have to justify that to yourself. There has to be an internal debate, an internal dialogue that takes place that will allow you to reject Allah's commands and to follow other than His commands. For these people, what were the two primary reasons? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in verse number 24. ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَالُوا لَنْ تَمَسَّنَ النَّارُ إِلَّا أَيَّامًا مَعْدُودَاتٍ وَغَرَّهُمْ فِي دِينِهِمْ مَا كَانُوا يَفْتَرُونَ The fire will only touch us, they said, for a limited number of days. The lies that they invented led them astray in their own religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the first reason why these people did so, why they turned away, why they thought that it wasn't important that they should follow all of the laws and, 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 and commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is because they fooled themselves into believing that they will only be punished for a limited number of days, that all of this sin and disobedience, all of this rejection, denial, it wouldn't ultimately lead to an eternity of punishment. It would be a limited time. And this is something which we have mentioned before, because in one of the verses in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions something very similar. And that is that those people said that the fire would only touch us for a limited number of days. That's the first thing. That, oh, and this is exactly what we see even amongst the Muslims today, when they don't pray, they don't give zakah, they don't follow the halal and the haram. One of the ways that shaitan justifies this, and we justify this to ourselves, is to think, oh, but Allah is ever forgiving. Allah is merciful. Even if Allah punishes me, we know that eventually the mu'mineen, the believers going to Jannah, it will be a limited number of days. As if even a moment in the fire, and for someone who reads the verses of the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ of the description of the fire would realize that even a moment in the fire would be a moment too much. It would be unbearable because the fire is not just something which can be which can be taken on board or can be uh, dealt with for a limited number of days or a period of time. And that is why Allah says that this is the thinking of the disbelievers that will only be punished for a limited number of days. The second reason that caused them to deny Allah's commands and Allah's laws is because shaitan came and beautified that for them. They were deceived, Allah says, 
the lies that they invented, led them astray, deceived them in terms of their own religion. And that is exactly what shaitan does. Shaitan comes and he gives to you reasons as to why you don't have to do certain things. Why it's okay. Oh, but that's not really halal or haram. Oh, there's a difference of opinion. Oh, it's just a small sin. It's not a major sin. Shaitan comes in this way. And when he whispers to us these things, they accumulate, they build up. And they become stronger and stronger. And that is why the Prophet ﷺ said, Beware of the minor sins. The minor sins, beware of them. Because a minor sin is like a twig or a branch that you bring. You bring one branch, then you bring a second. You bring a third twig and a fourth. But all together, when you bring them together and you light them on fire, they become a raging fire. One stick by itself, one twig, is nothing. But when you bring hundreds and hundreds of them together, it creates a colossal fire. And that is exactly what the minor sins do. By in and of themselves, yes, they're small, they're minor, but when they keep accumulating, it overtakes the heart. And when they overtake the heart, it leads a person to committing major sins, innovations, and other things as well. And that is why Allah Azza wa Jalla in verse 25, He says, فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جَمَعْنَاهُمْ لِيَوْمِ اللَّا how will they fare then when we gather them on the day in which there is no doubt, when every soul will be paid in full for what it has done, and they will not be wronged? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is the way that you are deceiving yourselves, thinking that it's only a limited time of punishment, or allowing shaitan to deceive you in terms of your religion. How will you fare? What will your situation be on the day in which there is no doubt, meaning the day of judgment and resurrection? Where every soul should be paid in full. Everything that you did, no matter how small, no matter how big, no matter how insignificant you thought that it was, those things that you committed and then you immediately forgot about, Allah will hold you to account for each and every single one of them. And there is no hiding from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no hiding your thoughts or your innermost feelings or your emotions or your inner beliefs. All of that will be laid bare and Allah will hold us to account for each and every single one of those things. So and it is Allah who will judge. And Allah will judge by His standards, not by what me and you think, not by us thinking and deluding ourselves that punishment is limited, it's fine, it's bearable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be the one to judge. And even if it is a limited time of punishment, but the day is like 50,000 years, then imagine how difficult that one day would be. If a day is equivalent to 10,000, 50,000 years, then that day is no longer like the day that me and you think of a 24-hour time period. It's fast, it kind of flies by, it's okay, I'll bear it today, and then it will be done. Imagine if on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, those days are endless days, days that accumulate into our time in this world, the equivalent of thousands and thousands of years. So beware of this and don't let shaitan delude you. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next verse, verses 26 onwards, Allah Azzawajal speaks about His power, speaks about His kingdom, speaks about His dominion, speaks about His control over everything subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azzawajal says, قُلِ اللَّهُمَّ مَالِكَ الْمُلْكِ تُؤْتِ الْمُلْكَ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتَنْزِعُ الْمُلْكَ مِمَّنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُعِزُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ بِيَدِكَ الْخَيْرِ إِنَّكَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Allah Azzawajal says that indeed Allah is the holder of all control. مَالِكَ الْمُلْكِ He is the one who is the king of all kings. You give control to whomsoever you will. You give kingdom to whomsoever you will. And you remove it from whomsoever you will. You elevate whomsoever you will. And you humble whomsoever you will. All that is good lies in your hand. Indeed, you have power over everything. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse shows to us these people who claim that they can do as they want because Allah gave them in this dunya power or He gave them fame or He gave them wealth. Those people who delude themselves into thinking that they can bear the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is telling us that Allah is the one who controls everything. The believers are those people who understand that just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore controls everything in this universe, in this world, Allah is the one who controls everything in the next universe, in the next world and the next in the hereafter as well. And Allah shows to us a practical example of this, something that we see in our own lives and in the world around us. And that is that Allah gives kingdom, power, dominion to whomsoever He wills, He strips it away from whomsoever He wills. How many civilizations, how many nations, how many countries throughout the course of history have been dominant in one period and then weak the next? existed and in their full might at one time in history and then no longer even existed after a period of time. You only need to look at the ancient empires of the Greeks and the Egyptians and the Romans. Those things that we read about in our history books, those things that the archaeologists are still finding their remains and you still see remnants of them. But do they exist? Doesn't Allah give us these stories in the Quran? What's happened to the people of Ad and the people of Thamud? and the people of Madian, all of those past nations that Allah tells us about repeatedly in the Quran, that they were people of power and might and dominance at one point or another, and then Allah destroyed them. And we see this within our own lives. One day you may be extremely wealthy, someone who's got a good position in your job, in your career, in whatever, and the next day you lose everything. Everything that you held dear to, or everything that you thought gave you dominance and power and influence, it is stripped away from you. Within a moment, within a day, within a relatively short period of time, Allah Azza wa does as He pleases. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does the opposite as well. When the Muslims weak at the beginning of Islam in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, very few in number, very weak, didn't have much in terms of power or numbers or strength. And then how Allah Azza wa changed the situation. Within a number of mere years, they become from the superpowers of their time. They go and they conquer the likes of the Byzantine Romans and the Sassanid Persians. And they conquer that whole region. And Islam spreads, the empire spreads as we know, reaching the likes of India and all the way to the tips of China on one hand and all the way to southern Spain on the other. That is the way that Allah Azza wa gives power and He takes power. And Allah Azza wa does not give dominance continually to one group of people or one nation, nor does he take it away from one group and one nation always to show to everyone that none of them are truly gods, because otherwise they will think like the Egyptians did, that they were gods, that they could do as they please, that there was no one that could hurt them or harm them. Allah showed them though, because Allah is the one who has all power subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gives it at a period of time, he takes it away at a period of time. And Allah strengthens or He elevates and He humbles whomsoever He will. So yes, on the greater level, the national level, the international level, countries, civilizations, that is the case, but on the individual level as well. Honored one day, humble the next. A person of status one day and wealth, and the next day poor without status. And there are stories, numerous stories that you will find of people in that situation. That one day there were people who were maybe millionaires, had everything in this world, and the next day for one reason or another they lost everything. Nothing remains. And people who grow up with nothing, absolutely not even a penny to their name, and then they become multi-millionaires and people of influence and so on. And Allah changes the lives and the situations of people. 
and a person can go through multiple stages of being elevated and humble as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes. بِيَدِكَ الْخَيْرِ Know that all good though, however, is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa is the one who controls everything and he has power over everything. And this is from the greatest signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the greatest signs that we can think about and, and contemplate and see practically playing out each and every single day in this dunya is this sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's dominance, his power, his kingdom jalla fi ula. And so Allah Azza wa is Malik al-Mulk, the one who truly controls everything, the king of all kings. Yes, there are kings in the dunya, leaders, people of influence and power and wealth, but they are all under the dominance of, or under the dominion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is Malik al-Mulk. He is the one who controls everything subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why Allah azza wa gives to people and he takes away from people. He strengthens people and elevates them and he humbles and weakens them as well subhanahu wa ta'ala. In verse number 27, Allah azza wa then gives us another of his signs and he says subhanahu wa ta'ala, تُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ وَتُولِجُ النَّهَارَ فِي اللَّيْلِ وَتُخْرِجُ الْحَيَّ مِنَ الْمَيِّتِ وَتُخْرِجُ الْمَيِّتَ مِنَ الْحَيِّ وَتَرْزُقُ مَنْ تَشَاءُ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who merges the day into the night, the night into the day. He brings the living out of the dead and the dead out of the living. Indeed, O oh Allah, you provide limitlessly for whomsoever you will. From the greatest signs of Allah Azza wa Jal is how he extracts the day from the night, the night from the day. And how the living come from the dead, the dead come from the living. How a child comes from absolute, none of us were anything to be known of. No one knew of our existence before we were born. No one knew that we would come into existence. We came from nothing. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed that we would be created. And just as we live in this dunya for a number of decades or whatever time period that Allah Azza wa Jal decrees, then we return to nothing as well. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extracts the living, living from the dead, the dead from the living. The day from the night, the night from the day. And he provides for whomsoever he wills in the way that he wishes subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of these are signs of Allah azza wa jal that we see around us. Signs that we see everywhere. And if a person was to contemplate and to think and to ponder over them, we would see therefore that this means or it shows that we should turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worship. Turn to Allah Azza wa Jal, knowing that Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who controls everything, who has power over everything, who has dominance over everything. And therefore, everything that we need in terms of our salvation, in terms of blessing, in terms of mercy, in terms of forgiveness, in terms of our worldly needs of wealth and good health and children and so on, all of those things, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives and provides all of them. So when you turn to Allah, you submit yourself before Allah, you worship Allah Azza wa and that is the beauty of Islam, that is the beauty of our religion, that we don't bow to any one other individual, no matter how strong or how powerful or how dominant they may be, because we know that above them is Malik al-Mulk. We know above them is the one who is their king and ours, who is powerful over them and us, who strengthens them and gives us strength, the one who can provide for them and for us, and just as Allah Azza wa favors certain people, He can take away from them His favors as well. But the greatest of those favors is the favor of Iman and Tawheed, that a person knows their place and they, a person knows the rights of Allah Azza wa above them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says in verse 28 that if this is the reality, that Allah Azza wa is the one who has power over everything, then you don't need to go to anyone else. You don't need to seek help from anyone else. You don't need anyone else's assistance other than the divine help and assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa says in verse 28, 
لا يتخذ المؤمنون الكافرين أولياء من دون المؤمنين ومن يفعل ذلك فليس من الله في شيء إلا أن تتقوا منهم تقاه ويحذركم الله نفسه وإلى الله المصير The believers should not make the disbelievers their allies rather than over other believers. Anyone who does such a thing will isolate himself completely from Allah, except when you need to protect yourselves from them. Indeed, Allah wants you to be aware of them, for indeed the final return is to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azzawajal therefore is saying that if we know that Allah Azzawajal is Malik al-Mulk, the King of all kings, the one who has power and dominion over everything, the one who has the power and ability to control the universe and everything within it, then He is the only ally that you need. He is the only one that you need to seek divine assistance from. This doesn't mean that you can't take help from others, that you can't seek assistance from others, but wilaya or awliya is that you would compromise your principles of your religion, your belief in Allah Azza wa Jal in order to curry the favor and the influence of others that are not worthy of that same status. And so the believer, the Prophet Sallallahu had at times in their pact and in their treaties, tribes that were non-Muslim tribes, they were people who were part of a pact that the Prophet made, or on his same side in a treaty that he signed It's no problem, so long as you don't have to compromise your religion, you're not having to compromise where you stand in terms of your worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if it means that you have to take on those people or be allies with them, so you have to compromise your belief, you have to compromise your religion, you have to compromise the halal and the haram, that is what Allah is telling us to stay away from. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you don't need to do so, but rather what you must do is beware of Allah azza wa jal. Be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, be mindful of Allah azza wa jal. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because He is the one who will hold you to account and He is the one who will judge you in all of your affairs. In the final verse that we have on this page, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse number 29, He says, قُلْ إِن تُخْفُوا مَا فِي صُدُورِكُمْ أَوْ تُبَدُوهُ يَعْلَمْهُ اللَّهِ وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَاللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Say that indeed Allah knows everything that is in your hearts, whether you conceal it or you reveal it. He knows everything in the heavens and the earth, and indeed Allah has power over all things. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore says that your intentions, what you conceal, what you have within your hearts, whether you allow it to be manifested or you keep it concealed, Allah Azza wa Jal knows everything. And so that's why when Allah Azza wa Jal said in the verse that we took towards the beginning of today's episode, فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جَمَعْنَاهُمْ لِيَوْمٍ لَا رَيْبَ فِي What will your situation be when we gather you on that day in which there is no doubt? وَوُفِّيَتْ كُلُّ نَفْسٍ مَا كَسَبَتْ وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ And each and every single soul will be repaid for that which it earned and there will be no injustice. So Allah is saying here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what you hide and what you conceal. So when Allah repays us for what we've done in this world, whether good or bad, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will know the reality of the situation. He will know the intention behind those actions. He will know what was in our hearts at the time that we did what we did or when we refused to do what we didn't do. And so often when we hear people making mistakes, when they don't pray, they don't fast, they don't give zakat, there's other acts of worship that they don't perform or certain acts of haram that they do perform and we justify this to ourselves we make excuses and we try to show as you know give a reason as to why this is the case Allah is saying to us Allah knows our reality 
No one knows this better than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I can fool myself, I can fool you, I can fool everyone around me, but I cannot fool Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I cannot deceive Allah azza wa jal. I cannot hide the reality of my situation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on yawm al-qiyamah when Allah judges me and you, Allah azza wa will not just look at the apparent actions, but rather what was concealed within our hearts and our intentions, because Allah knows everything that is in the heavens and the earth, and Allah azza wa has power over all things. And with that, we come to the, to the end of today's lesson. And we ask Allah Azza wa that He keeps us firm and steadfast upon the straight path. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides us to that which He loves and to that which is pleasing to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.